0: A one and a two and a three and a four and a five and a six and a seven and an eight and a nine. It's Nacho Mama's Christian podcast. Welcome everybody, Nacho Mama's Christian podcast. The Christian podcast is not taking itself too seriously. I am your host, Shane, here with my brother. Um, we. I'm hoping we'll have people that
1: are listening because they are really into the tops we're talking about. Uh-huh. And we had a was guy who it. is very smart and that I'm in I think if he heard the intro, Why? he might have refused to come on. Well I, I counted I, I talked about I, I, I would have. It was the nine <laughs> anyagrams. <eight> <laughs> I I w- I would have refused. <laughs> <You would've> refused. <laughs> I said, you know what? If this is the podcast I'm going on, <laughs> these two clowns are not gonna take this seriously. Um, yeah, so a little tease. We have um, very very important guy in the enneagram world. I believe that was super excited about yeah having absolutely. a chance. To, we have a bunch of friends that were super excited about. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. Shane, let me yeah. ask you a question. Just Eric, ask it. <laughs> I know you're right. <laughs> um, how many self assessment? Um, Things have you done, or surveys to understand who you are, or maybe yeah. even like a relationship relationships. So what stuff have you done? Before? I've
0: done um, uh, the love languages, five love languages. Yeah. Um, what are the what five? Stuff? Can you remember them? Yeah, I talk about all, all the time in like premarital counseling. Uh, physical touch, words of affirmation, uh, gifts, receiving yep. gifts, acts of service, and quality time. Here's
1: what I have trouble with the, with these. Before you continue, all uh-huh. the other ones. When I first off when I took the quiz, I knew I could. I do doing the quiz, going, I know what I I can mm-hmm. get what I want to get. Mm-hmm. I I know what questions are leading to what answers um i like them all but f- physical touch you don't like physical touch well, i
0: mean like well and not but see that's just yeah, confusing yeah yeah it's no. like holding hands or like pda yeah sometimes. no i don't like I'm that like, that much yeah I'm i don't anti either.
1: it but like yeah. i'm not i don't like like i love gifts and i love giving gifts i really like words of affirmation uh-huh. that's probably number one i really like quality time yeah X services is, is probably low, but so those top those three are
0: like my top three. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, all of them are good. Five. All of them are good. <laughs> them are good. It's a majority of them. I am. Yeah, yeah. But I've so I've taken that. I've taken a uh, Strengths Finder. Yeah. Um, and then I've taken like a ton of spiritual- APEST. APEST. I've taken APEST. Um, and then uh, I've also taken like just spiritual gifts. Um, yeah. Uh, EQ. EQ, yep. yep, I've done that as well. Any what's what's EQ if anyone doesn't know what EQ is? That's like emotional intelligence. Yeah, where
1: you have IQ, which mm-hmm. is your intelligence? EQ is your emotional intelligence. Have you ever met somebody that's like, that's a really smart person, but they can be come across as a little socially awkward or anything like that? That's because they're probably low in their EQ and studies show yeah. that you can improve your EQ pretty easily if you work on it. Uh, IQ is hard to improve, but EQ you can improve mm-hmm. um, a lot. So I was like in the mid, no, I was like, a little above mid yeah <laughs> i wasn't like great in my eq but also with that one uh-huh. before we yeah because there's some of these assessments i don't like actually taking the test themselves yeah but some of that one like i don't like to ever do extremes like when you take a quiz like never do this or always do this right it's I like never, a one five or something i never did those even if i felt like i yeah. should have i always did fours and twos and that led to a lower eq score for me yeah so i don't know if i actually
0: you keep off is actually correct or not, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, today we're talking about the Enneagrams, and uh, the Enneagram is something that has been around for a long time, yeah, but recently has become uh, very popular, um, and extremely popular. And actually, I have um, not really had very much experience with the Enneagram. It was kind of, I'm not gonna lie, and if Chris is listening to this, like mm-hmm. he, we.
1: It was a struggle to try to get you to take this at first. Yeah, you just because because and here's my prediction. Take the Enneagram test. Yes, to find out who you are. Yes. Here's my prediction because I've done so many of these tests, mm-hmm. and I've done. I love Strength Finders test. Yeah, I thought those results. I'm a maximizer, competition significance. Yeah, um, but I got the results like okay, this really matches me. But other ones like mm-hmm. love languages, like EQ, I feel like that doesn't really show who I am. Plus, mm-hmm. there's bias, which Chris talks about. Mm-hmm. So. My theory f- why it took you so long is because of that, number one. And number two, because everyone was talking about yeah. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, it, I know everyone, I don't want to
0: be part of just the trend. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I mean, it was <laughs> definitely uh, a. a So many people would come up be like, "Hey, what's your enneagram number?" I'm like, "I don't know," and I'm not, I'm not even looking into it. Like that was kind of my my mentality prior to this. And then I took such a hard stance that you can't go back. (laughs) Yeah, you don't look like a fool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So and then all it took was to have the man who wrote the. The very popular book on the Enneagram,
0: Sacred Enneagram, to yeah.
1: come on the podcast to make you finally yeah, so take it.
0: Once Eric said that, hey, we're gonna be we're gonna be interviewing uh, Chris Huritz, Huritz, yeah. uh, who wrote Sacred Enneagram. I was like, okay, I need to take this.
1: <laughs> <I need laughs> but to- now that you've taken it. What? Yeah. I know you.
0: Don't, you only know so much about it. Right. Right. What? So th- what's your thoughts so far? I mean, so far, th- it, this is so far. I'm extremely overwhelmed. Yeah. And uh, I was texting with you and Frank, who wrote a lot of the music that we play here on the podcast. All, all of it, all of and it. He gets and a, a, he gets nothing for it, yeah, <laughs> not a dime. <laughs> but I, I, after talking with you guys, after taking the assessment, and and um and Frank was telling me all these things. So I'm I'm a seven, yeah, and uh, a seven and a two, which we talked a little bit about in the interview. But um, so f- as soon as Frank heard that, he just sent me all these things as to about like who I am like he knows me <laughs> and I was just like this is a lot like this is a lot to take in right now because there there is so much information about each type um and if you haven't taken the Enneagram yet I would encourage you to pause the podcast yeah take go it. go and take it because just then this you can, episode, you can google any you can google it um there there are paid ones and free ones I did a I did a paid one um uh, but uh I did it was, free it was like 12 bucks and um uh, but like go go and do it because this episode will be much more beneficial to you and you'll be more clued in on the things that we're doing and and it is something that is that is very helpful and i think that it is going to help me to figure out understand more about who i am and understand more about how i interact with people and um and how i interact and how other people interact with me i that it is it can be very overwhelming at first when you really start
1: to dig deeper but i actually Kind of like that Mm -hmm. because we are all so unique that you have to, it has to be more than just, you can't just take the whole population and say, okay, you're one of these nine. And Chris talks about it how it's, there's a lot more even in each one. There's three of those, and in each right. three of those, there's, like it goes deeper, deeper. Where all of a sudden you have over a hundred subtypes that you can mm-hmm. possibly be because we're all made uniquely in God's image. We're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really quick before we get to the interview, let me just talk about the nine types to remind everybody. If you so hopefully you paused this, if you have not taken it and taken that. But and came back. And if you already take it, just to remind you of what all the types are. Um, there's type one, the perfectionist. The perfectionist is uh, responsible, improvement oriented, self-controlled, can be critical. Um, that's type one. Type two, which is my wife, you, you score really high in type two. Yeah. Chris talks about that for you. Um, they're the giver, or they're also called the helper. Very caring, warm, relationship oriented. Um, they just they just want to help people. Um, type three, which is me, I'm a type three, mm-hmm. uh, the performer. Uh, they can. They're fast-paced. They're efficient. They're goal-oriented. Uh, type four, which is Frank, who's I'm no, I know is listening to at least this one. Does all the songs for free. Um, he's he he's more the romantic, deeply feeling, authentic, expressive, artistic. Can be dramatic, and moody, and self-absorbed. Um, type five, which is the observer, analytic, self-sufficient, thoughtful. Um, can be withholding and detached at times. There's type six, which is the loyal skeptic. Um, trustworthy, questioning, problem solver, intuitive, can be doubtful um, and fearful. And then there's type seven, which is you are Shane. Which, what what's type seven, Shane? Do you remember? Um, the oh, what's the title? I don't remember what the title is for it. Well, they, there's so many different titles. There's yeah. like loyalist one. This one's the Epicure. Um, but what
0: what the enthusiast is what enthusiast? I, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, loyalist is eight actually. Um, Seven is upbeat, adventurous. They they love possibilities and pleasures, uh-huh. and uh, they're always hungry for more. We're fun. Like if you ever, if you heard us talk about your birthday thing a couple podcasts yeah, ago, it that's it.
0: a it's a seven example. It explains for sure. it. And I don't appreciate you
2: trying to <laughs>
0: trying to suppress who I actually am. Okay, uh, eight uh, the protector. Um, they're strong, direct,
1: action-oriented. Seeks justice can be overly impactful, excessive, or impulsive. Chris uh, said he is an eight, and then um, our ex-host poor one out. Um, topper, he was a nine, which is the peacemaker or the mediator. Um, easygoing, comfortable, seeks harmony. Yeah. Um, can be, can be self-forgetting, conflict-avoidant. Uh-huh. That oh, that is Topper that for is sure. No way, Topper. Doubt. Yeah. So um yeah so. I I love the Enneagram. It's helped me as a pastor and as a leader. If you are in a leadership position, you don't have to be a pastor by any means. If you are in a position at your work where you are a leader, I highly recommend you take it and then start to learn more about your type and the other types so you can... Lead people better. I found myself leading um, the people that I need to lead better, understanding who I am as a type, Mm -hmm. um, understanding when I'm healthy and unhealthy, understanding the things I need to do for my own spiritual well-being, and seeing how other people are made and designed and why they might do things the way they kind of do things. Talk about um, how we got that and how our need for love is coming out. And so uh, I highly recommend you taking this uh, enneagram. Uh, assessment, learn your own type. And if you have not read any books on it, you have to read the sacred Enneagram. Yeah. I, I, I read it. Uh, I want to read it again. Um, Frank, who said he doesn't read any books, read it like two or three times. Wow. That tells you how good of a book it is. So um, we had the author of that book um, on our podcast, and it was an awesome time just to talk about uh, all this stuff, all the Enneagram stuff with him. So let's get to our interview with Chris Hewitt. What got you, I know you talk about it in your book, but what got you into the Enneagram and really diving in like this and becoming an Enneagram coach and writing a book about it?
3: Yeah, so I, I learned it when I was part of an international humanitarian organization. Um, I was the director of this this community and at its sort of most inflated point, there are around 350 of us involved. And, and as you can imagine, any tool like this that sort of helps describe um, personality structure, how folks relate to themselves and, and subsequently to others was, was really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. The problem was, is I didn't go very deep. I, you know, I'd read a few books, like, and, and, and sort of armchaired it. But um, a few years ago, well, actually seven, seven years <laughs> ago, my wife and I started another organization, a little Center for Contemplative Activism, to essentially help people who are helping people, to teach humanitarians, activists, human trafficking survivors, refugees, contemplative practices and found that, man, this is a really great support to that contemplative journey, to nurturing and nourishing your spirituality. So mm-hmm. I went really deep, started training and, and studying with some of the, the world's greatest teachers, and, and it's just sort of changed, changed everything for us.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So how has the Enneagram changed the way that you look at yourself and changed the way that you look at other people?
3: Well, I, I, I think if... If, if you're handling this teaching the right way, it, uh, it inevitably leads you to, to greater compassion, and that compassion has to start for yourself. It has to start um, with radical self-acceptance, and I, and I think once you have this sort of sense of, of radical self-acceptance, that allows for compassionate living in mm-hmm. the world.
1: Yeah, but one thing we have a friend of ours um, who I know is going to listen to this uh, worship director of, at my church um, who got me really into it. Who's who is who lo- loves doing Instagram stuff. We found with him, he was a guy that once he started to learn, he's a type uh, four, right, mm-hmm. Frank? Um, once he started to learn his type, and then and then how his wife was, and how they interact together, he really found a way to be his healthiest self. And he's a guy like we've done Strength Finders with him, we've done EQ with him, and I love all those, but those none of those connected. But this really connected. So, why do we? Why do you feel like this is connecting with people in a more intimate way than some of the other things? Maybe.
3: Well, I I think this is a lot more complicated than your Strength Finders, or mm-hmm. not. Let's not let's not say complicated. I think this this shows the con. Complexities of who we are in ways that Myers Briggs or Strengths Founders or some of these other things um fail to to, to show. This describes the contours of, of really what's going on in, in our motivations and, and I think really personal ways. And and I think it lands well when somebody's ready for it, when somebody's ready to be truthful about who they really are, because that's the problem. Most of us don't know that we don't know who we are. And and I think until we're at least ready to confess that and, and to allow that to sort of be devastating to our egos, this, this, this won't be of help. I also think that, um, it's, it's become really popular lately because in an age of tricked out social media accounts, we're, we're just projecting this sort of ego mythology. We're just projecting who we want people to see us as we're just projecting who we wish we were and it's highly curated and it's and it's it's a little exhausting to have to sort of chase down all these likes and Mm -hmm. retweets and you know hearts on on these posts that are maybe the illusion of our hollowness our loneliness our our emptiness and so in an age of social media, when we've done so much work to sort of curate these digital brands of how we want to be seen, I, I think there's a crisis of identity, and that identity is I don't know who I am anymore. I'm I'm playing the game to sort of make myself more attractive or or, or likable publicly, socially, digitally. But at the end of the day, who am I really? Mm-hmm. And I think this helps folks find that. I think this helps folks answer some of those some of those questions, those yeah. existential, restless questions.
0: Mm. And that's that's really interesting that you bring that up because um, I was wondering uh, how many how many people encounter or discover their type and are disappointed with it like maybe they were hoping that they were a different type or a different number and they were like oh no I wish that I was a seven or whatever because I hear that seven is the one that most people. Um, I look at as being. Uh, I'm a seven. So. Yeah, it happens to be your type. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, what happens for for that person where they get to a point where they haven't reached that realizing what they are, who who we are, and that it's not bad or, or anything like that, but instead it can be a positive thing. And do you encounter a lot of people who are disappointed with the type that they find out that they are?
3: Um, I, I I don't think it's disappointment as much as it's. Um, like I said, there's a, there's a kind of humiliation that some people experience when, um, they, they sort of align with type and, and, and it's an humiliation in terms of, yeah, there, that's me. There I go again. That sort of exposes some of these things that I've been trying to hide or have kept in my shadow. Um, that's the playbook on my vulnerabilities or, or, or sort of, um, my, my addictive habits. And, and and my sense is is what's what's humiliating about that is a lot of the things that we try to hide are in fact of course obvious to everybody in our yeah. lives.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
3: just that we, like I said, park these things sort of in our subconscious, unconscious shadows, and we don't contend with them and we don't deal with them. And so what the Enneagram does is it sort of brings that into awareness and says, Here's here's the the, the beautiful fragments of your whole that you have severed and you get to now incorporate them because they also belong. Mm. And, and we have to realize this that if one part of us doesn't belong then no part of us can truly belong. Yep. But you see that's what we we've done to ourselves. We've 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 divided up and broken up and and and, and broken off the parts of us that we think are the least desirable. And linear makes room for them. It, it it actually like I said brings compassion for them. It actually shows us how they also are inevitably and necessarily a part of the
1: whole so one, one thing i've heard said a lot by people when they start to really discover themselves and learn more about themselves and their type is that you almost feel like attacked is what I, is the word i've heard people say like man it's like it's attacking me because it's so real about who i am and some of the struggles and you talk about childhood wounds um which i know um is not the best wording, but it's just kind of the best way it fits. So um, for the people that feel that way, when they start to push into it and start to push back, like feel attacked or like, look at their shallow wounds, like, well, that's not me. I, I didn't have those wounds. Like what, what's the best way that they can truly discover themselves?
3: Well, so, uh, so that's the thing. Like, I, I will say this, like if you feel attacked, um, if you feel bullied by this, if, if you feel shamed by this, like y- you're, you're missing you're missing the point like, mm-hmm. and, and the bummer is, is for a long time, that's how it was taught. It was taught through the shape of your tragic flaw. It was taught through so-called sin tendencies. And, and, and I think that also misses the point. I, I, like I said, I, I, I just think this has to sort of lead us to a real sort of celebration of, of, of the gifts of who we are and, and every aspect of what that means. So, if you feel attacked or bullied or beaten up by this, if you, if you feel like um this is is sort of suffocating you, like I'm 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 afraid that you might be sort of wading in some murky waters where there's maybe another teacher or author or book or or, or way to, to sort of be introduced to this. Um, and yes, I I also think that the so-called childhood wounds are unhelpful renderings of. The ways that we weren't loved perfectly and, and how we try to, to blame someone for that, I, I really don't think that they're real wounds. I think that they're misunderstandings. I think that they're the confirmation bias of our type
2: mm-hmm. to the,
3: the earliest versions of our, our, our tender little ego who's trying to find their way in the world. And so again, this is where sort of nuance is important because there's there's a lot about the Enneagram that I think is is misrepresented, it, it's misunderstood. We, we latch on to these sort of little theories and, and we sort of turn them into to, to gospel and and we think they're they're unbending, when in fact, this is a, a young tradition in Flex. The Enneagram of, of Personality, which is the, the sort of newest overlay to, to an ancient teaching, is, is only 45 years old. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to sort of be excavated from it. There's a lot to sort of be mined out of this. And I think if, if you get stuck and if you sort of double down on some things that are maybe a little misinformed, if you, you come at this with, with criticism and, and, and like I said, sort of a, a negative slant on, on the stunts that your ego has, has perfected, then, then it's, 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 it's going to, it's not going to lead to flourishing. It's not going to lead to liberation. It's not going to sort of wake us up. It's going to keep us asleep. Did, uh, we're both
1: uh, uh pastors. And I find that the people that, resist not just Enneagram, but any of those strength finders, any of these, even though I think Enneagram is the best one for me, at least, that really dug the deepest and and really got to the core of who I am. Um, I find the people that kind of resist it and push it a little bit. um, They're just, from my experience, they're scared to find out some of those things that they know might be true, but there's pushing it down and they're, and they're scared to like really allow that to come out and bring that out. I don't know if that's been your experience, but I found that's what I found for when I've talked to people about this stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that's just human tendency. I I, I think that there's a, a, there's a narrative that we want to believe there's stories that we've told ourselves that we've, we've made true, but you, you have to remember this, that that memories um, are simply metaphors of impressions that are sort of the building blocks to these stories that we want to be believed, that we tell ourselves and and live out of. and And, and memories, um, I mean, eyewitness testimony is is unreliable for mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Yep. and and even our memories, like I said, are also unreliable. If we can understand them as the metaphors, for the parts of our stories that we need to ascribe meaning to so that the story is more believable, then we are living in an illusion. And and, and as much as we want to be truthful, as much as we want to wake up, I, I think it's hard work. And I think a lot of people don't have it in them. And that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think when we're ready, a teaching like the Enneagram will be there waiting for us. When we're capable of allowing it to sort of chisel into us um all the good and and true and beautiful things that have always existed it's there for us but i i think for some people it it may be too much too soon and i think if it shows up prematurely yeah it 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 actually has the 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 capacity and potential to be unhelpful or to be dismissive Mm. And, and that's why i think a lot of people also dismiss it
0: yeah and so the well the enneagram is obviously we've talked about has become extremely popular recently but it's also becoming and it also has been extremely popular in the church world and in the christian community and so for us in our context as as pastors um how would you suggest churches can can better utilize the enneagram for the ministries in their churches
3: well so so i i i, I do think it's important for Christians to approach this a little bit with, with some humility.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, for 25, 30 years, Christians dismissed this, right? For, for mm-hmm. 25, 30 years, Christians thought this was um, out of the occult. Like, yeah. I, they, they, they really beat some of these authors and teachers down pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a few years ago, a couple— folks rub some Bible on this and, and make it street eagle, <laughs> and all of a sudden Christians think they've discovered something. <laughs> they think they've actually perfected this, and and I'll say this, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, most of the, the folks who come out of a, a Western historic Christian faith tradition working with this teaching are, are pretty sloppy right now, and, and you see the immaturity and the lack of depth in their own sort of Lineage in this so I'd say first of all approach this with humility and and realize that some of the best authors and teachers and, and resources out there don't come um, From folks who are professed or who profess as Christian
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, secondly, I think you you have to look at this as as something that points beyond personality and and, and that points back to our essence our true self that points back to the um, the, the reasons our souls exist and and that's um, deeply spiritual and, and there's something really profound in that but there's also something that that requires a lot of delicacy um, because these are some of the more fragile bits of, of self that we've not mm-hmm. we've not um, truthfully encountered so yeah sometimes, um pastoral counseling might be great but sometimes you need a psychotherapist and and Mm -hmm. and i think religious professionals are the the folks who are maybe least aware of of the nuance and the difference of that because the religious professionals position themselves as as experts in fields where they're not yeah and so i would just urge folks who come out of historic christian faith traditions especially in the west to approach this with a lot of humility that there's a lot more to, to learn and understand about this than I think is, is sort of popularized in, in some of the contexts where it's showing up.
1: Yeah, I think humility should be something that we're known for, yeah. but yet it's, it's something we have to be like, hey, you need to be, we need to show humility in this where if we're as followers of Jesus. Like, yeah. Anyways, um, uh, one thing I also love about the Enneagram is how I've been able to use it when it comes to like my relationship with my wife. I'm a three, she's a two, and how that connects with us. How have you seen this help marriages and like if you want, just since I'm talking to you and I'm one here. If you want to use a three and a two in as an example or whatever of of how you work as a couple and in relationships, not even romantically, but with other people. Um, how have you seen that just really help people grow and, and understand?
3: Yeah. So once you you understand. Your own type. Once you understand your own type structure, once you understand some of the, the the patterns that are are consistent and why they are consistent, and that's also I think really important because if you don't understand the why behind what patterns are showing up, then yes, this looks fatalistic. This looks predetermined. This looks controlling, and and, and that sort of takes away some of the mystery. But you see what's What's mysterious and beautiful about each of us is there is a kind of cohesiveness to what it is that compels us to to be as, as 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 fabulous as we might and could be if we said yes to ourselves. So if you take a two and a three, like you you start to observe a, a few things right away that these are are both folks in their heart center. Um, but one of them sort of overexpresses it, and, and one of them represses it. And so mm-hmm. even though there's a, a common or shared accent there, there's there's a really different way of, of relating to their emotional intelligence. You'll see that um, one of these styles, type 2, feels like they have to earn um, the love that they want, and type 3, in a sense, kind of demands it through inception. They, they get what they want from us, and they make it us think it was... Our idea, when in fact it was often orchestrated, manipulated, sort of played out, and that's one of the reasons threes stay lonely. That's one of the reason that the hollowness of the heart of the three is 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 such a sort of a pain that that, that they carry. Um, you'll see that the, the conflict avoidance styles for the the two is is um, a positive outlook, reframing, recasting. They're they're trying to look on the bright side. They're they're trying to see the silver lining. They're they're, they're trying to sort of de escalate through optimism, all the three um, tries to deescalate through objectivity, through understanding, through just trying to, to read the news of, of what's going down. And, and it may come across as, as cold or disconnected when in fact it's not. It's their, their peace offering. It's, it's the gift that they give. And, and when you start to see all of these aspects and components as they're different, but as they also align with type, then it clearly helps sort of offer a roadmap for relationships. It clearly sort of shows us even the ways that, that we get stuck, it even shows us how a lot of our fights are almost never about the fight. It's about how we accidentally got there by even trying to avoid it. And so it's remarkable. It's it's remarkable what, what you can sort of understand in this for relationships when, when you sort of understand your own type first, when you understand what's going on sort of under the hood of of. of, 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 of let's say in the engine of your own soul, but you see, that's the other problem here. A lot of people sort of come across the Enneagram, it makes a lot of sense to them. Um, they, 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 they sort of see these traits and quirks and foibles and idiosyncrasies and, and others, and, and they start to type others and they start to put type on others. And, mm-hmm. and that becomes a fun game for them when Actually the real work here is to work on yourself.
2: Yeah. And, mm-hmm.
3: and that's the sort of integrity and credibility Um that any of us would have is I can only take somebody as far as I've gone myself
2: mm-hmm. And
3: so if this is something you want to use and in, in your work and your vocation um, in your communities and in your relationships the, the best way to share it is to work on yourself to let your life be the example of how this can actually lead to profound uh, ways of being transformed, of waking up.
0: That's interesting. That's, that's awesome. So, what, what I'm here- glad to let
1: you do any more threes <laughs> yeah. than anyone else, but <laughs> I'll say what I'm hearing you say is that threes are the
2: worst. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> um, one thing we've also, like, we're actually talking about this this week. Yeah. Um, when it comes to people. Uh, like, because there's a bunch, so many different assessments you can take, right, for the Enneagram, and you can get mixed results on what person. And, like, we, I've seen a lot of people that take it and they get this number or whatever, and then they realize, well, I don't feel like that. I'm this. Um, so, for those people, like, for example, um, Shane, you took it yeah. and. It said you were a two and a seven, mm-hmm. but all of us were like, "No, you're a seven, you're a seven, you're a seven, um, which isn't necessarily the right thing for us to do. Is just to to put that number on him and say, "This is what you are." So get used to it. So like, um, how how have you seen people like? What would you recommend if someone takes it and they're not sure, or they get type it's different than they what they think? Like, how how do you go about that?
3: Well, so so twos and sevens will commonly mistype because, like I said, they're they're both in that triad of, of positive outlook or reframing. So sevens, um, it's not that sevens don't wanna fight, but to de-escalate conflict, they will take that same style that the nines and the twos do in recasting sort of the opportunity in, in something that seems to be challenging. Um, the sevens and the twos also mistype because sevens um, are the only number on the Enneagram, they're, they're one of the two anomalies in, in the entire system here that don't have a natural connection to their heart center, right? So they have adjacent numbers in their instinctive center, and in their head center. They have paths that reach to the instinctive center and to the head center, but they don't have a, a wing or a path into their heart. And and, and and so what sevens do is they overcompensate that by sort of Mimicking the hearts in their life by getting as close to those hearts as they can and, and then trying to consume or metabolize them into their own personality structure. And so sevens look like they're actually heart forward when in fact they're they're completely disconnected from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons in the old days, Claudia Naranjo used to call the, the seven the charlatan, right? The seven was the the one who would go to an Enneagram camp on or workshop on on Saturday and they'd be teaching it to their their community the following week <laughs> as if they were the expert. Yeah. But you see, they do that with everything, and they even do that with with hearts in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of reasons that n- numbers will commonly show up as mistyping pairs, and again, understanding that the system sort of exposes what those reasons are. Um, the thing about the test, though, is is there some challenges with the test? Like for some folks out there who who swear off tests entirely. They think you should stay away from them, yeah, um, because you know this. Every single test will come with it. It's inherent biases. It's it's type bias. It's it's cultural and and, and racial biases. Um, it's phase of life biases. A yeah. lot of the tests are actually testing for personality, not for motivations. And 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 we know that we're not our personality. Personality is the mask that we wear. And so, you know, that's also. Missing the point. Um, and then a lot of us test the test. A lot of us um, try to sort of flip the meaning behind questions over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. And so then we don't answer them the way that they are intended to help produce results. Hmm. The other problem with tests is people try to test in, in the way they want to be seen as um, <laughs> or, or not who they are. And some people even say, take the test as if you were testing in your early to mid twenties. And it's like, no, take the test if you're going to as the person you are right now and be truthful about it. Um, if the tests don't work, then, then meet with somebody, meet with somebody who's, who's been doing their own work with the Enneagram for, Mm. for, for, for as long as, 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 as possible. Find somebody who's actually gone inward and, and really allowed it to sort of open them up. Um, And if that doesn't work, then you can find workshops, you can find trained professionals who do typing interviews, you can find panels out there to to sort of observe um, what is common about, let's say, four or five or six people who identify or present as sevens, but what is also very different about those folks. And I think when you see that in real life, um, the impressions of it do start to sort of call something out of us. Mm. I also think that um, you're, you'll start to see this more and more and, and, and I predict over the next sort of 10 to 15 years this will be one of the, the sort of new frontiers in, in, in the professional community. but there are um, three instincts that sort of that that in let's say on a raw rudimentary fundamentally evolutionary level shape, Personality, and I think this is a physiologically derived sort of instinctual um, aspect of, of of what creates, let's say, sort of brain chemistry or or um, sort of how personality actually is biologically sort of supported. And when you take these three instincts and you mix them with the nine types, what you get are what some people call either the twenty seven subtypes or the twenty seven instinctual variants. And again, if you're having trouble typing um it might be helpful if you type as a seven or a two to look at the three sevens the self press seven the sexual seven and the social seven or the self-preservation two the, the sexual two and the social two and see if within the sort of spectrum of twos and sevens if the nuance of how these instincts recast and reshape type might actually bring some clarity there mm-hmm. because the three ways that type shows up based on these instincts um, really, really reframes it entirely. And, uh, and it even gets a little bit nerdier than that, because if you stack those instincts, you move from 27 to now 54 based on their stacks. And then if you throw a wing on either side of those, you have 108 and this yeah. is how you end up with 108 <laughs> types. So,
2: <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> and see, that's really interesting because before I took it, anyone who who asked me what my type was without me taking the test they're like oh we think you're a seven so you're right as i was taking the test the whole time i was like i hope that i'm answering these so that i turn out to be a seven without knowing what the result would be and then and then going through it so i felt like at time i was like i want to answer the way a seven would answer instead of thinking the way you answer the way i would answer so it was it it is it is kind of challenging so chris can i ask you what what your type is yeah, I um
3: I, I'm dominant in type eight. So. Okay.
0: so what what does that mean? And give us a picture of how that has influenced your life and the way you've seen that come through for you personally.
3: Yeah, so the, the eight is is one of the instinctive types. Um the eight and the one um are, are probably the two most sort of driven initiators of, of the nine types. Uh eights sort of struggle with this Fear and all types have a have a basic fear. Um, the eight's fear is 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 not being in control, and that lack of control leading to their own sort of destruction. So eights fight to take control back, and 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 this can lead to self-destructive tendencies, which is kind of ironic. But that's how a lot of eights feel alive. They they feel alive on the the sort of edge of of their own sort of psycho spiritual health. The eights um, are are so, sort of contrarians here, and this. Is rooted in their holy idea, which is really the un. Let's say the holy idea for each of the types is your unobstructed view of reality. Or it's the first truth you have to tell yourself, and and for the eights, that's holy truth. And and so the contrarian aspect, this need to be against aspect, this sort of picking fights with others, is eights on a subconscious level trying to get to the truth, and 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 part of that truth is can I trust this person, and will they stand up for themselves and push back, and. If they do, then they will show their strength. And and, and this also comes back to part of the, the fear of the eight, which is the fear of their own vulnerability or the fear of appearing or being or even feeling weak. Mm-hmm. So you, you see all of these sort of things at play within each type and, and these things that are at play are are, are contradictions because on one hand, they, they look like they are the sort of hard corners of the exterior shell of personality but the truth is, is is underneath all of them, is hidden this 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 basic human desire to to be loved, and so the enneagram really kind of just shows us that the nine ways that we attempt to get the love that that we want, even if we're we're not being honest about it.
1: Mm. That's yeah, I. I could honestly have you go through each one of them, but I'm really not going to, we're not going to make you do that. But, <laughs> um, but if you want, you can read your book, which I would highly recommend, because um, you do that. So, um, besides that, and like I've listened to the Sleep in a Last podcast that you help with, and I, I love that podcast, just hearing your point of view and just you saying it. Plus, um, um, I can't remember his uh, the guy's name, but um that makes the songs that just I love it. Um, what other resources, if someone's really into this and like or wanting to get into this and learn more about themselves and discover themselves, what other resources would you recommend besides your book or any of those podcasts? what what would you recommend?
3: Yeah, I, I do think the Sleeping at last podcasts are are really great because it's it's free. It's accessible. Um, I think what Ryan did with those songs was was absolutely brilliant. I, I think, um the podcast not only sort of talk and we and we try to be really really candid uh, about type and and how to be a better version of your type how to love people in your life who happen to identify as the type but Ryan what he did with 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 his creative process and describing it i think um, can be pretty inspiring for, yeah. for people um you know i i think um there's there's really good teachers out there i i, I of course Think that um, anything that Helen Palmer or Russ Hudson or Beatrice Chestnut um, have have written are great, and then uh, of course Claudio Naranjo, the the Chilean Gestalt psychoanalyst, who who really was the grandfather mm-hmm. of Enneagram types, the Enneagram of Personality, um, just about anything that he's he's written um, or recorded out there is, is 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 fabulous too. But I think a lot of the stuff that Naranjo has has has, has produced is is maybe. Um, on a higher, on a higher level than some of the basics. Um, but like I said, I, I, I think, um, you can go to the trainings and the workshops, you can listen to the podcasts and the summits, you can read the books. Um, but unless you really do your own work with this, unless you really try to integrate the fragmented aspects of yourself, um, it, it, the Enneagram can, can actually be a distraction. It can be a a, a, a tool for spiritual bypass.
2: Mm-hmm. And we
3: see that. We see a lot of people who know a lot about themselves and others, but haven't actually taken it into their contemplative practice, haven't actually incorporated it into their spirituality, and, and they're still toxic, and they're still dangerous, and they're still self and, and they' and they're still awake of, of broken relationships behind them. And so... That can be a distraction, like I said, if 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 you really want the benefits of this tradition to take root, it's 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 it it does require, yes, a, a, a basic knowledge and understanding of the teaching, but it requires a, a lot of a lot of personal work here.
2: But-
1: all right, this is seriously the last question. Um, I think I said that the last time, but this one really is. How sorry, so? So somebody that has done all done all this, but has not put into their spiritual life and spiritual aspect. Uh, you talk about it in in your book, but um, how would they, no matter what type they are, start to put this in their spiritual life and start to practically work on this to develop themselves?
3: Well, yeah. So that was the the whole. Point that was the punchline of, of of my book was yeah to take these nine types and to align them with pathways to nurture um, a, 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 a contemplative spirituality either with a, a primary focus of solitude, silence, or stillness, and, and then with a mindfulness meditation of of saying yes to that solitude, silence, and stillness to to embracing and engaging that solitude, silence, or stillness, or arresting in it um and i think you know like if you if you look at like the ones fours and sevens right these idealists right the the advice i gave there was for the ones to rest in stillness that you have done your best fixing yourself in the world and and you're worn out you're wearing us out and so for you to to, to rest and stillness is 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 the very break that your soul needs for the four it's to, to rest in solitude. It's to, to learn to love yourself and, and not have to be seen and validated as the most authentic and significant and, and realist person in your life. And for the poor fours who, who struggle to, to locate their sense of origin and identity um, within themselves is, is part of the reason why they're, they're making the world so beautiful outside of themselves is, is they want that mirror to, to show them what they're, they're, they're unable to see for themselves um, it's resting in, in that solitude. It's realizing you're the only one who can do this for yourself, but it's not something you can effort. Mm. It's something you receive. And then of course for the sevens, it's, it's resting in silence. It's, it's dialing down the noise of the preoccupation, the planning, the what's next. It's, 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 it's resting in the now. And that's painful for the sevens because sevens can, can envision what, Around the bend. Sevens have these incredible dream boards and these hit lists of all the places they want to eat and travel and all the people they want to meet, but it's <laughs> keeping them disconnected from the most important moment of their lives, which is this moment we have this moment, which is the culmination of every moment we've ever lived, and this moment, which is pregnant with the possibility for every future moment we may be given. If you're living in the future, if you are preoccupied, then then that's all. Wasted right, so it's mm-hmm. resting in silence in the silence of, of, of being able to be present now right and and so that's What we try to do there in that book and in that book I, I think I make it pretty clear for, for all nine types that um if you can't find a contemplative Practice a meditation practice or a mindfulness practice um, To kind of help root you in that solitude silence and stillness mm-hmm. um, you're, you're gonna keep spinning your wheels um, You can do your best to, um, come up with the ways that you, you live into your spiritual traditions. You can, can do your best to, um, frame what you think prayer might be. But I I think in, 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 in the ways that we have been, let's say formed in our religious communities, it's put all the pressure on us to, um, be better, to do things the right way. To 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 wrap the right words around our prayers, to read the right sacred texts, mm. to make the right options for whatever it is that we think is going to save us. And at the end of the day, all that efforting is is simply the 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 quiet acknowledgement that we think we save ourselves. And I think in contemplative practice we learn that we don't. We learn mm. that um, the divine has always been reaching. Reaching reaching towards us and 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 there's nothing that that we have to do other than to be present to that reach Um, it's not on us and so Mm -hmm. I Think if you you can find a contemplative a meditation or mindfulness practice You can bring that into your type and and it really will sort of heal you from these notions of your so-called childhood wounds I think it will release you from the the addictive cycles of, of your types emotional passion mental fixation and I think it'll help you sort of remember what you've forgotten was always true uh, about your essence, your authentic and, and truest self.
2: Wow,
0: yeah. that's awesome. That's that's some really good practical advice. And uh, as you were talking about the sevens, I think that Andy from The Office might have been a seven when he said, <laughs> he said um, how do we know we're in the good old days before we leave the good old days, right? like that. Some are, yeah. But anyways, that's awesome stuff. And Chris, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to walk through a lot of this with us. And we want to encourage anybody to, to go and grab the Sacred Enneagram and check out um, uh, all the stuff that Chris is doing. Chris, how can people find you and find your book and find some things that you're working on?
3: Sure. So you can go to gravitycenter.com. You can go to sacredenneagram.org. And you can go to chrishewarts.com to sort of keep up with the schedule of workshops and retreats um, that we we put out there. You can get the book, The Sacred Enneagram, um, wherever you buy books. Mm -hmm. Um, And there'll be a workbook out in a couple months. And then um, the follow up to that should be should drop in may of 2020 so great i'm excited Uh, (laughs) um
1: sweet chris thank you so much i mean we we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and when the follow-up comes up then um we uh, we'd we'd love to have you back on and talk about that yeah (laughs) for sure yeah for sure so thanks man
2: thank you for listening to not your mama's christian podcast make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review to support the podcast